Welcome to the Nothing in Particular show, where you sit down with a beer, cup of coffee, or a great glass of wine and have an entertaining discussion with your new besties, Travis Cody and Breezy Weeks. What will we talk about today? Nothing in particular, or whatever is top of mind. Welcome back to another episode of the Nothing in Particular show. This is Travis Cody. And Breezy Weeks. Woohoo! <laughs> we have a story to finish, Breezy. We've been leaving people hanging. We didn't realize we were going to do a series of episodes around the rise of Dallin and his band. And yet, right at the most crucial turning point, we went on hiatus. We had to finish <laughs> right. a story. All right, so I think we left off. I say I think for people listening to, to the episodes are one after another after another. And then they're going, wait, there's no delay. Why are they? Why can't they remember what they just talked about two minutes ago? Um, right. <laughs> So, so, so if, if that's the case and you're listening to us right now, it's because we had a, uh, there was this weird uh, virus that came out of, I think it was China and it really <laughs> messed things up. And so then we haven't, we haven't been able to, to do an episode for a bit, but we're back, we're back now and uh, we're finishing stories. So let's see. So we, we got up to the point where you were married. Dallin was struggling. He was a roadshow dog with panic. And then he finally got put on salary at panic so for the first time in your guys's life you were able to wake up whenever you wanted with no alarm clock realizing that you didn't actually have to go anywhere for work because you were working yeah um so <laughs> the good thing about this that we had a delay is i got to see a couple people's comments on the last few podcasts <laughs> so um and some of them Wait, we have like, listeners yeah yeah we had some <laughs> listeners <laughs> And um, when did this happen? What? Yeah. So some of them were like, you, you question, you were kind of trying to guess, um, like maybe how much Dallin had made, you know, per show and stuff when, and we were commenting how it wasn't a lot in the beginning and you when were kind of, it was a, when we a road dog and we yeah, just get paid per show. Right. And you were like kind of guessing an amount. And I think you're like, Oh, I think $400 a show or something like that. It was it was quite funny because some people were like um, that maybe not our complete supporters <laughs> kind of said $400. That's a lot, you know, compared to like what I make, you know, that's a lot of money. And then I'm I, later, I was thinking, I'm like, first of all, that was um, a quote that my friend made, you know, it, it actually, that wasn't it. It was probably about 150 per show. Yeah. People are like, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no. When, when you're in a stadium of 30,000 people yeah, and you're get, only getting paid $150 to play a show when you know right. the guy that's over there singing is raking in probably six figures for that one show alone. Like that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, crazy. A, it's yeah. It's like, and it, it's, it's goes into like a lot of finer detailed business that, you know, obviously we can discuss too, when we get to that point on another podcast about the entertainment industry and how things, you know, um, how you get paid and such, but, but yeah, it would either be like per day, or if he's going to be gone for, let's say three weeks, then it would, they would just do it per week, you know? So then right. he would just make like a lump sum per week. But, uh, yeah, that's the way know. it works. Even in so like one of my friends was a stand-in for the longest time, and mm. when he was doing day, he got a day rate, and then he also had a when they're like, "Hey, we're going to need you for the whole week," you would have a week rate, and usually yeah. the week rate was a little bit more, but not a lot. Yeah, and standing and, in know, for a guy making ten million bucks and you get paid five grand for the week, it's kind of like, uh, right. And some you know younger people that we might have listeners might be like, "Well, still, that's like that's some decent money," you know, but. 
as adults, two kids, you know, rent, cars, gas, groceries, health insurance alone for a family of four is like a thousand dollars or more. You know, when you, when you do the math, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> so, you know, um, so it wasn't at first, um, but we were still, nonetheless, we were super excited and it was a great opportunity, of course. Like, I don't know who wouldn't take that opportunity, you know? Right. So, um, well, it's yeah. all about connections too. I mean, it's that way in any, right. in any industry. So when I first started working in the marketing industry, I, I took some, a, a job with a huge guy and it wasn't, uh, people found out what I was getting paid and they were like, what, why would you do that? I mean, it would kind of be like working with, oh, not Steven Spielberg, but maybe like Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but he's paying you like fifty dollars a day. Would you right. work with Tarantino working eighteen-hour days for fifty dollars a day if you got to be with him in all the rooms and all the meetings he took and he was introducing you to all the people that he was he was doing business with? Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's just, so so sometimes you're like, you know what, the trade-off is worth it right now. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that's all. Um, you know, you're working in the industry, you get. You know, if your foot in the door, it's a great opportunity. You get to, he gets to go rock out on stage, and um, you know they they were all like befriended each other in the beginning, so that was all fun. So you know he gets to travel the world, which he never did before. You know he had to get a passport when he joined Panic. He didn't even have a passport. Um, neither of us did. So, um, but yeah. So then it was uh, like we left off last time. I think we, it was we moved to California. We were living in Utah at the time when he um, got the gig, like uh, we stayed there for a while. They allowed us to, they didn't really need him to be um, in California where the rest of the band was. And then eventually they thought it was a better idea so they could rehearse and stuff before um, they would go on tour. So we did, we moved to um, back to California and we moved into now, see, I'm trying to pick an apartment, you know, from Utah and I'm trying to decide like, what's a good place to live and uh knowing california very well having you know grown up there and been all over the place over there um i actually found a, an apartment over in the malibu canyon apartments over off los virginis over there in calabasas i thought it was a good middle ground because my family lived in ventura county and he was going to be driving to la a lot and so i was like well that's a good middle point for traffic <laughs> you know that's how you always think in california like where will the traffic be worse or better for me and how much I have to commute? So um, we moved into just a two bedroom apartment. Uh, the kids shared a room. They were babies at the time. Like I think Knox was about six months old and Amelie was two, just about two. And they shared a room and um, we, you know, stayed there for a while. Uh, I think it was well, maybe a little over a year or so. And then um, basically wanted to get out of there once uh, in the middle of the night, I heard rats, <laughs> rats in my kitchen. <laughs> so um, we would come out in the middle of the night and I'd hear something in my kitchen. And sure enough, there were rats in, in our in Calabasas. Yeah. So we were quick to get out of there as soon as we could afford to. <laughs> and <laughs> You know, so that was. I don't know um, why. I don't know why you want to leave. You know, <laughs> because we're in Vegas, and the problem here we don't have rats, but it's scorpions. Right. <laughs> and still, at that time when when we were moved to back to California, and he started touring a lot more, and um, 
he still was having some side jobs still because just to make the ends meet uh the money doesn't roll in overnight too um when you're getting paid like for instance when he was asked to join the band and get more on the payroll for concerts and merchandise and stuff like that you know it gets paid a different way like whether it's after the tours over whether it's quarterly whatever there's different just depends on the scenario so you know it just you know play a gig and then you get the money that night it it takes a little while (laughs) i saw the movies i thought they just bring over like a big briefcase and they go here's your cut (laughs) exactly small unmarked bills so he was still working some side jobs during that and then eventually um you know we just thought it would be a a wise choice to propose that he was on something more of like a retainer so that he wouldn't have to, so he could be available for them whenever they needed to, because anytime he would need to be available for the band, he would basically have to quit his job, whatever job he had, he'd have to quit. Cause what job's going to allow you to go leave for, you know, a week, three weeks, whatever, and then come back and they're going to be waiting for you, you know, and give your job back. This is like minimum wage jobs we're talking yeah. about so you know. see that's the thing that most people forget that there is this that space in where where your foot's in the door but you haven't made it like uh, we were talking about this on the last episode that, that people have such a hard time understanding that you can be in this band that's got you know platinum records and you're the bassist and you're in a stadium with 30 40 thousand people and yet you, as the bassist, you're not officially legally part of the band. So you're only getting, you know, uh, some uh, less than what some of the guys in the band are probably spending on dinner is your pay. And then you get done with the tour and you go back and it's like, oh, I got to got to drive my beat up old car back to the guitar store, sell some right. guitars. Because most fans go, oh, my God, these guys are rock stars on the stage and they're in living in mansions and all this stuff. And the reality is. Yes, that does happen. And there's there's an in-between space. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so we were at that in-between stage going on. And and then during that time, he's the band started getting really, really, really more like the buzz was going because, you know, Panic had a moment where they with the exchange of the members and stuff, there was a little bit of a, a lull in between that. And so bit of now a turnover the, there for a year. Yeah. Or two kind of like little little flip-flop that had to go happen and so now it was like the buzz was back and then the 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 tours started flowing the shows were like you know pumped up there was many coming so um it was just like okay great like how are we gonna make this work and and at, at the time like you said we didn't really know how much he was going to be pulling in so that just was like a little nerve-wracking so there's a very common thing, and I knew of this because of having friends, like I've talked about before in the music industry. I've had many friends that were in bands that have been signed over the years, and having my aunt and uncle with their record label, I knew that there was this thing called you could get a retainer, and it's just it's a common thing, and it's just something that basically uh, the musician, you offer them on a contract that they're going to be paid a certain amount of money, you know, like, a kind of like an allowance, I guess, you know, like a month. And for that in exchange, they need to be available whenever you need them. And so it just helps everyone kind of know from both sides. Okay, great. 
this musician is on call for us whenever we need it. Great. That's what we need. You know, we need this person to be reliable. And then on the flip side, the musician can be like, okay, cool. I know that I'm going to be making money when I come home from the tour and I might not be working for a week or two. I still got my, you know, some money rolling in. So um, it's, it's a positive, I feel for, for both parties really in general. So um, if you really want to keep that person, you know, in the band. So that's, that's what he got onto with them. And, and that just, that was a little more of a, like a relief for us and stuff. So that, you know, and then, like I said, we were just talking about this overnight or the other night, like how the whole thing seemed to happen overnight, the popularity, we had no idea. You know, I, I know they were, they were a big band and stuff, but like, you don't really know unless you experience this, you know, like the past members grew up and saw the progression of the band. Dallin just jumped into it. And then overnight it was like, oh my gosh, like our privacy, <laughs> um, just vaporized just, literally. Yeah. Just, you know, people, people like expected us to like, uh, like I have fans to this day who still bring up like, like we should have known or something. And it was like, you don't understand. Like, well, you don't really have any idea until something like that happens. Like, um, like some people that make like success overnight or something. It was, it well, felt you like you also that. don't have any, any perception because you think, oh, celebrity. Well, celebrity is Tom Cruise. Celebrity right. <laughs> is the rock. Yeah, exactly. So when you're, yeah. when you're in a stage of 30,000 people and then you walk out in the street and no one knows you, like you don't have this perception that oh i'm a famous person mm-hmm. and and in a lot of ways you, you, you argument could be say that you're you're still not because like you go to a hollywood party are people going to know you not really so how famous really are you you're, you're famous within a certain subset for sure yeah exactly and you know the the two remaining members are the guys that everybody knows so you know we're not thinking anything um Dallin's not thinking too much of it I'm definitely not. I'm the wife of, of the musician. I'm at home with two babies. Like what, what's it going to matter that I have a blog, you know, that I'm a blogger or I have an Etsy shop, but it literally, (laughs) that's what happened. It was like all of a sudden overnight, you know, really probably, you know, a couple days, but it just seemed like so quickly, um, all of a sudden we are, are like breach of privacy that we had no idea where, and I mean, like, and not like in a rude way, but they were interested, I guess, um, in his life and knowing more about Dallin. So I had to take down my blog. I used to be like a blogger and stuff. And I had to remove that just because, uh, I didn't know really how to navigate it. I just thought, okay, shut it down, shut, shut, shut everything down, you know, (laughs) until we like, come on, Breezy, you weren't marrying a prince. There's a major overreaction (laughs) on your part. (laughs) That's what some some will say. I'm sure. Um, but they were just like taking like you know, going on like our family's Facebooks that weren't private because why would any of like normal people don't really have a lot of their stuff private back then. Um, you know, taking right. private you, pictures. We trusted everyone back in the good old days. Right. <laughs> so they would go like on my mother-in-law's Facebook and they found a picture of me after I just gave birth in the hospital, Knox, and then that's what? public. Right. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> um, that's crazy. Yeah. And they were taking, um, you know, pictures, our wedding pictures and scratching my face out of them and, you know, doing and replacing my face with their faces or something like that. It, it got wild. I wasn't, I was like, 
you know, this is a new, new level for me. Um, and then, you know, also like we had like Twitters and stuff like that, the Twitter page and stuff like that. That was nothing back then. It was just us talking to our little friends and family and me and Dallin, you know, talking to each other. And now recently, 10 years later, we've actually went back and like actually removed a bunch of our tweets and stuff just because they were stupid. We were like, we didn't know anyone was watching us. We were just like, we were like flirting on there to each other. <laughs> we were like saying flirtatious stuff and, you know, and now we're like, fans are finding it and bringing it up like, ew, this is so gross. Like, what they're like, they're flirting with each other. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, no one was even watching me back then. <laughs> like, I had no idea what I was even saying. And so now we know people go through and I mean, look at Kevin Hart, 12 mm -hmm. years back, they found one thing and that cost them the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done some backtracking and cleared up stupid things we might have said or done. And some things are just like dumb jokes and we've apologized for because literally we did. No one was watching us back then. So um, but yeah, so we went through all that craziness and had to tell our family and friends to make their uh, social media is private, which is such an awkward. I mean, can you imagine like having to call people and tell them because of me, I need you to make your accounts private. It was really awkward to, to have to do that to people. And uh, yeah, you know, that's gotta like, be, that's again, that's the thing you don't think of. I mean, yeah. So, but anyways, after all that kind of started happening and he was gaining more like popularity and, he was part of the band and um, it was fun. It was, it, it was a lot of fun and he was touring a lot more fun probably for him because he was gone. Um, and I think I probably told you before we counted not um, consecutively, but a total in one year, he was gone for nine months. If you added up all the days. So for one wow. year and that was and that, when, and, and how old was, yeah, they Knox then probably about a year old. They were still babies, yeah. three and a one year yeah. old. So I was home alone a lot and taking care of the the babies. So um, and this was in the hype of it. I mean, they were going everywhere. And also, I was the only one out of all the girlfriends and wives that got to tour the least with them or go on the vacations or anything with them because. At the time, we were the first that were the only ones married at first. And then after that, we were the only ones that had kids. So I had to stick around and, and stay at home, which honestly, I, I'm okay with it because I loved being, a, you know, I love being a mom. So I have no like, you know, regrets about that. I, I actually was fine about You're it. You're just saying <laughs> that because you know that someday Knox Anomaly are going to hear this episode. <laughs> You can't publicly be like, oh, my kids are such a drag. I didn't go to the Bahamas or Europe <laughs> or Australia. No, no, yeah. I really like being a mom. No, like I was. Really... <laughs> I know. I know you're, you love being a mom. Yeah, so. no, I was. I love being home with them. And I didn't want to miss, you know, when they're little, you can miss some great times with them. So so I felt more bad for Dallin because he, he would miss out on stuff like that and not being with his family. Oh, wow. So it wasn't all fun and games for him. It, it was hard. Yeah. He was missing us. But, you know, he got to go Australia several times, South America, you know, Asia, different country, you know, countries all around the world, <laughs> um, South Africa, um, you know, all these like really 
really cool thing. I mean, England and several times without me, all these things. And like I said, several of the girlfriends or wives also got to go along with everybody and I didn't really. <laughs> so, um, you know, eventually I, I figured, you know, we'd get to that point where I could do that and, and, and um, experience it where we are now, which is awesome. But um, so, yeah, that was the hype of all that was going on. Um, and then eventually uh, we, we ended up finally getting our own like townhome place in California, moving out of that apartment, we could afford it and finally bought our first place ever. So here we are like, you know, mid thirties and finally buying our own property, which is, you know, now I, I have friends in Utah, they're like in their twenties and they can buy property. California, it's so expensive. So um, here we are mid thirties, finally actually buying something for the first time in our lives together as a married couple. But that was really cool. And yeah, so um, eventually then I guess, like, like I was saying to you earlier, like there's some of that story that I like leave out because it's kind of more downs kind of story to tell. But um, we got to a certain point where um, Dallin was writing for the band and he wrote a lot on uh, one of the albums and he was participating a lot in it. And, but there's also that if any artist knows, like there's that lack of like creativity still that might not be your full capacity that, you know, like you could do more. Um, and, and it's like that weird balance of like, yeah, but I have this really great thing I'm doing. There's pros and cons to it, obviously with anything, but then there's that unknown of like, what else could I do on my own again? Like he did when he had the band, the Brobecks and stuff, you know, stuff like that. So it's always in the back of his head you know, like anyone who's like an artist or creative, you know, creative artists, um, when you have like these big dreams and stuff, like, what could I do further? How can I go to the next level? And maybe not everyone thinks that way, but I know me and you and like Dallin are similar in that. We're always like trying to reach that. Normal people don't <laughs> think that way. Only privileged special know. people. <laughs> you know, um, that what. Well, I think when you get into, I mean, like just looking at sports, I think a lot of people, they, a lot of people just have dreams to get yeah. to the NFL. Okay. Let's say this is football yeah. for an analogy. And then you have people that get in the NFL and they go, well, you know, it'd be fun to, to get to the Super Bowl, but man, I'm just happy playing right. with the NFL. Okay. So, you know what, how many football teams and how many thousands of players and at the end of the day, how, how many of them are actually mm -hmm. household names? And then you have somebody like, Tom mm -hmm. Brady, who gets in there and he's considered, you know, kind of a joke. I mean, it was at the bottom of the thing. It was third string. And he's just like, I don't like being third string. And damn it, if I get a chance to start, I'm never coming out of the game ever again. And then he gets that shot after years and years and years of hard work. And then he wins not just one Super Bowl, but many Super Bowls. And most most quarterbacks would look at it and go, oh, though that the one's enough. But even then, even though he's won more than anyone ever has, he's still going, How, what's the next level? How can I get better? How do, how do I take it yeah. further? And, you know, I think there is a small part of, like for Dallin, being able to get on a stage and seeing what's possible and, and experiencing the reality of what that's like, 
when you have those dreams already, I think that is the, the concept, yeah. but it, it's, it's also the, the idea that music, unlike my horrible football analogy, is really art yeah. too. And so as an artist, there is no right. limit. So I think when you're obsessed with your art, there is always that you're never going to reach your peak. I don't think, because when you get there, you're already thinking about how do I reach that next peak? Uh, David Bowie is a good example of that to me. I mean, his whole life he's doing this stuff. And then he, 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 even when he knows he's only got six months left, it's still this drive of, ah, God, now nah, there's this one more thing I I can do. There's one more level I can reach to before yeah. I'm done. Like he went out with a bang. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that like what he died and then his album came out literally the next yeah. day, like that's insane. Right. Insane that that's how that timing happened. Yeah. But anyway, my conversations with Dallin and listening to, because you know me, I've uh, he's probably annoyed at me because I'm always asking him like, okay, so how did you come up with that song? What's your process? Because I'm very big about the process people go through. Right. Like, how do they come up with the ideas and what drives that sort of thing? And so that's what, the thing with Dallin is that you can, you can, his brain is always working on stuff. Yeah, that's the common and, question he gets in interviews. Actually, is what's your process? <laughs> you know. So. Um, and it's and it well, and I think it's because normal people like me go, oh, well, maybe there's a process to becoming a great screenwriter, or maybe there's a process to becoming a great musician. And if I can do their process, I'll be great too. But like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he followed a process to become the greatest bodybuilder of all time. And, and, and he's willingly shared that with other people, but no one has ever come close to achieving the success that he did. Yeah. That talent, that pesky talent thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it sort of takes that and magnifies it. Right. I think you're right. And that's why it's hard to explain sometimes because you get people that are like, well, weren't you grateful for that? And isn't that enough? And like we're trying to explain when you are an artist, when you're creative, um, it's not like it's it's not something that you're just ungrateful about that that uh, this isn't good enough. It's just that expansion of your creativity. So, but you, you know, also it, started with it never being about the money either. It wasn't like right. I'm going to be do this thing to be become rich and famous. It's like I'm doing this thing because I'm compelled to. And yeah, forgive me, but I'll share a, sh a small story from Dallin that I love sharing. I know eventually, maybe this is public, maybe it's not, and, and maybe this is it. This will be the end of our friendship. I'm sharing a private <laughs> okay. story about Dallin. Um, but w when we when I was asking Dallin about you know, when did he know that he wanted to be a musician? And, and he tells the story about at five years old. He's like, I want to play the guitar. I want to play a guitar. And, and in his background, growing up in a religious family and the belief system they had, they're like, oh, my God, no, you know, music's of the devil. <laughs> and, uh, and and they, they wouldn't let him have a, a guitar. Five years old. No, you can't have a guitar. I'm five years old. And I want some of my dad's like, no, you can't have it. And after like six months, I'm like, I, I, I moved on. And Dallin wasn't that way from five until 15. Dallin's thinking, I want this guitar 10 years, 10 mm -hmm. years. He's thinking about the guitar and at 15, he finally gets a job. And what's his first thought? Oh my God, I'm going to start saving this money for my guitar. And then he works his butt off for however many months it was and sp didn't spend a penny until he had enough money. And then he goes to the pawn shop and picks up his first guitar. Yeah. And, and then like he teaches that. himself yeah. how to play and he like has never put it down since then. Mm -hmm. And so just the idea of the fact that as a small kid, even being told no, 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 for a decade, 
He was like, nope, this is what I am doing. Yeah. And, and I think that's, like you said, even, even if, if, if Dallin was still working in the guitar store and, and, you know, making $15 an hour, he would still be coming home at night, writing music, playing songs. He would probably still has his little band that played the local little, you know, uh, bars there in Utah. Cause that's just what he does. That's his thing. Yeah. And you know, that's why some of these artists like continue to go on it. There is a level of some, some people, you know, maybe it's not their full passion. So you'll see bands that maybe break up and they end up going and doing something else. And they're perfectly fine with that. And there's those ones, some that make, you know, that, that superstar status. And there's and, Keith Richards. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, and, and even, <laughs> Well, in the singer, you know, of, of Panic the Disco, like he's a superstar. And um, I have to say, watching him, he was, he's a very hard worker, for sure. He, he didn't stop, you know, the other guys uh, left or. Yeah, the original band members you know, are long gone. Right. So um, to watch that, you know, even though he, he had this superstardom as a teenager, still though, he did the work, like watching his drive and his like him putting the the effort and work and never stopping and even though he had all these like road bumps in the way uh, he just stepped right over it and kept going so um i, I respect that uh, you know there was a uh, funny that. funny interview with ellen and she was interviewing uh jennifer lopez and uh jennifer lopez comes on and and ellen's like you you, you sound so great are you good? And she's like, oh, I'm so good. And she's like, well, because the last time you've been on my show, you've been sick the last couple of times. She's like, I know. And, she, and she's like, I'm 100% now. She's like, so fantastic. You, uh, and Jennifer Lopez is like, yeah, I feel great. I finally took some time off. And and, and Ellen says, oh, great. Yeah. So what did you do? Take three days off and, you know, snarky, ha ha laugh. And Jennifer Lopez is like, oh, no, I think it was two. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so when we think time off, we're thinking, I took some time off like three months Mm -hmm. And Jennifer Lopez, oh, I took some time off. I had two, two, two whole days where I did nothing. <laughs> right. Like we just took a little vacation thing. We'd call it a vacation. It was just for the weekend for like two nights, maybe, uh, you know, three hours from here. Not we, and, meaning you and me, like you and Dal and we, right? Sorry. Just yeah. Clarify that. I just <laughs> make sure there's no confusion here. <laughs> me, I'm me not going to let you start any salacious gossip on our <laughs> show. <laughs> Me and Dallin and our family. Just because Dallin has a new album that came out yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we we just had the opportunity to go with some friends to their vacation house. And um, even that, like, it's vacation, quote, for us, like a little mini vacation at someone's vacation house hanging out. Uh, he's, you know, doing interviews from one of their guest rooms. He's answering <laughs> text messages he's doing zoom calls there's it's on your vacation you no know, yeah people also you know the music industry like actors when you're not like superstardom uh you're doing a lot of the work yourself still like you're you're like an entrepreneur so you have to take every opportunity um to take those opportunities so if you got an interview it's you know you are similar and you get it because you're like a super hard worker and we're like the same where it has to do with just like whatever you know like i'll sleep when i die <laughs> you know like i'm just gonna work and if i have it like get it done um and that entrepreneur kind of like sense where it's just like i think when you don't drive. have it though for a long time and then you do have it when you've had it for a long time that's when you kind of get to the point where you're 
I like, oh man, I'm kind of tired of this. I don't need to be doing this right now. Yeah. But when you when you're in that transition of you've worked and you worked and you worked, and like you said, you're on the road and missing your family and coming back and working the part-time job that's you know minimum wage, and then eventually get to the point where you're on your own and your album just came out and you're doing people are wanting to talk to you now. Yes, it kind of sucks because it's your vacation. And at the same time, you're like, how cool is this? Like people are talking right. to me for my stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the whole thing um, that we were talking about and the whole the path of where we ended up here. Um, so yeah, he that kind of whole thing has always been in the back of his head just as far as creativity. And it, I mean, when he was thinking of starting another project on the side is what it was just to do something on the side where he could be more creative and just um, be his own boss kind of thing, you know, um, I'm just well, like, while he's working with panic. Well, yeah. While he's yeah. working with panic, everybody, even the current members all have like little side projects. I love like, it. You're, you're you with know. the biggest band in the world. And you're like, I need a side project. Cause I'm, I need more creativity. <laughs> That's how I know. That's how these artists are, you know? So most everyone has some type of side project, whether they're, you know, uh, filling in with other bands or they're have their own music or whatever. Um, they're always doing their own stuff. So that wasn't something that only Dallin was doing. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, when he started kind of doing that, just more of a, a side thing, um, you know, that's a risky thing. If he, if he's considering it to take that road and go and be on his own, people have to understand, like, like you were saying, that's another risk. That's, that's like taking your, you're almost at your ultimate career. And now you're going to, change your career and step down a little and take that risk of a lot I mean money especially and I, I hate to say that but like when you have a family of you know we're a family of four and you have all these things that he you know that are relying on him um again like we always decided that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom that was everybody has their own things that I respect but for us even when we first originally met and before we even had children, we discussed our, our ideas and plans. And mm -hmm. we both agreed that when we had children, if I could stay home, if that was possible, we would try to do that as much as we could. Um, and we made it possible. Not everybody can. And, and I, and I totally yeah. honor that, you know, Yeah, I had that but, conversation with my wife before we got married. And my, my viewpoint was obviously you know, from a woman's standpoint, like I, I, I respect your freedom and equality and ability to do whatever, but I always had a belief, me personally, I wanted to be in a position where my wife could choose what she wanted to do. Yeah. So if she wanted to stay home, we could, it wasn't, she couldn't stay home because we needed her working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the fact that you, like you said, you were in a position to be able to make that happen is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. You both got your dreams. Yeah. I mean, so it, it was great. And so, and then I, you know, me, I was always doing side stuff too. I was always, um, that's when I started opening up our none you jerk records, um, shop. And then and that's what I love when you say, I'm a stay at home mom. And I'm like, you were, yeah, yeah you were stay at home. Cause you had your business at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you figured out the hack. Right. Um, yeah. And I actually even studied some real estate cause I was thinking about me being a realtor, you know, just because I could kind of set my own hours and stuff, but, um, it wasn't something we needed. So I didn't really pursue getting the license, but yeah, I, I opened the non-jerk records shop and started making, um, some of his old merch that 
fans were like desiring and asking. So uh, just got the CDs made. you have made. a thriving vintage e-commerce store. Yeah. So it was great. So that was like some good extra income. And I, I ran, I, I pretty much, I still do. I, I pretty much run the whole thing myself. Um, and so we had that going. And then again, like I had my Etsy shop and I was selling different things that I would make on there. And so I had some side money coming in. In fact, I have to say that even one time, there's one year when I was running that, the Nunny Jerk shop that I think I made, I pulled in more money than <laughs> you were the so, breadwinner yeah so just in case That's anybody awesome. you know i get people going what does she even do <laughs> so uh, secretly she makes yeah. more than Dallin. no one knows <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so um so yeah anyways when and then he started doing that and uh, he uh had his really good friend ryan seaman who we've known since for about 10 or so years um he was originally a drummer for the Brobecks at one time. They went through a, a few different drummers, but he was one of them at one time. And so we've always known Ryan and Ryan has also just jumped from many different bands, um, whatever he could find work. So I, I couldn't even name half of them. I think like 20 bands he's filled in for. And then he was in a, a band called um, Fallen in Reverse right before he joined up with uh, Dallin. And he was kind of at the tail end of that. Um, it, it wasn't panning out. It wasn't fun anymore. It was, um, which I know people are like, oh, it, oh work has to be fun too. Well, <laughs> for musicians, it, it's a it's a plus for sure. If they enjoy what they do and it's a fun environment, then, then yeah, that's the ultimate. And if they're capable of finding that, then go for it, you know? Yeah, so. but even like in that place, you know, when, like you said, when you're traveling nine months out of a year and you're away from your family and your new kids, yeah, that's one thing. And if it if, if what you're doing is still enjoyable enough where you're like, you know what, I'm making good money and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So I kind of have to balance it off. But when you hit the space where you're sacrificing all of that and you're stressed out and you're miserable all of the time and this thing that used to be super fun and is your passion is now this like almost torturous slog. Yeah, your, your mindset's going to change on that. Right. Yeah. And, and again, like, like we were talking about before, like I'd have to have him here <laughs> if, and when he ever comes to, he, he kind of is like over discussing that whole, that period of, of when he went to, to figure out that he's going to start his own, um, his own project. But there just gets to a certain point where he was like, okay, well, this is kind of like, I've, I hit the highest I can go with, with what I'm doing right now you know, and am I cool with it? Or do I want to try to like challenge myself and, and reach higher? So, um, and I have to say being the wife, I always have been, I'm very supportive with his dreams. So I told him, I I'm like, I'm more just, uh, respect that you're, you'll continue to even do that. Cause that's scary. I mean, you know, Travis, like the entertainment industry, you're just like, it's such a scary, challenging, tricky world. There's plenty of, let's just say musicians that have left bands to try to pursue their own projects and that didn't go well. You know, there's only a, a good handful that continued to, yeah, to, to step away from that. You know. When you struggle and struggle and struggle, and now you, you're stepping away from, frankly, certainty and security. Hey. That's, that's a big, that's a big leap. Right. Most people, I don't think, 
would do that. And I think the people that would look at Dallin and go, that was a dumb decision. Why would you ever do that? Are the same people that say, why is Dallin continually trying to right. push himself? Why is he continually trying to reach mm -hmm. another level? Because for some people, there is a certain thing where they, they a switch flips and it's like enough. And I can just kind of coast. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a really odd comparison, but it's like in the comedy world. Um, I remember a story of a friend of mine who was in Vegas and some stuff happened and, and he was opening for a much, much bigger, fa more famous comedian. And so the next day he comes out and he has this like new five minute set all around this thing that just happened in the news. Right. Killed it. And he's walking off stage and here's this like huge comedian comes in and was like, dude, like, did you just write that? Like that just happened yesterday. And he's like, yeah. And the comedian was like, I haven't written a new joke in 10 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and my friend was just like, wow. Cause this guy was headlining in Vegas and admitted that he hadn't written anything new in wow, 10 years. Yeah. So I kind of look at that going, yeah, there are some people, they, they hit a certain point of success. And then it's just like that, that desire to keep improving just sort of gets yeah. turned off for whatever weird and reason. And for any listeners at this point, from this point where we're talking about from Dallin going on to making the band IDK, how, um, I'm going to leave a big chunk just to, to leave out because there's a lot of like in between filler story that we can go into someday or maybe never. I don't know that we don't want to like kind of get into. There's a lot of there's a lot of drama at that point that happens. So from the point of him going, I've reached my top of my creativity to then fully going on to IDK. I'm sorry, but I'm going to leave that whole <laughs> chunk out because <laughs> that is just something that we don't want to like all right shameless plug to bring <laughs> dallin onto the show to promote his new album okay i'll bite i'll yeah. bite that's, let's put it on the that's just now. something that you know. <laughs> no you're that's dallin's yeah. story we gotta but this is what's been fun there's you know there's always two sides to the story and most people they see the person that's in front of the limelight going oh my god they, they have this amazing life and this has allowed us to talk about the whole other aspect inside of this journey, which is, oh, hey, wait, there's humans involved in this. Right. They're the real yes. people. And uh, let's talk about how that impacts yeah. us. So, well, this has been a fantastic. Let's wrap up here. And on our next episode, we'll do something outrageous and we'll just dive in and talk about something that has nothing in particular. How about that? Does that sound like a good idea? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Take the uh, pressure yeah. off of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 